Welcome to the third edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And remember, it's called Don't Listen to Us, so you really shouldn't listen to really? us. Uh, happy Easter! Happy Easter, it's, my love. It's Easter Sunday. Yes. We've had pancakes. We have. And we are going to have lobster bisque for our appetizer. Don't forget our deep and meaningful political conversation. <laughs> we just <laughs> we just left that. Is it snowing outside? That was a post pancake. <gasps> Good lord. The fuck? Is that snow? Oh, it's slushy snow outside here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. You you when I moved here you told me it was called the Sunshine Coast. It is. That ain't sunshine. That's just bizarre. Ewe. It's like Mother Nature's playing April Fool's joke on us. It is. That's what it is. Son of a bitch. Oh, it's hailing. <laughs> that is just weird. It's a little say dying off now. Oh, wow. That, that was weird. Um, and so we are having uh, traditional ham. Mm-hmm. I don't, is, is that traditional in Australia? Do you, do you guys celebrate Easter the same sort of time? Mm, well, we celebrate Easter. Yeah, okay, so but it's but, the same time. Yeah, cause yeah Christ, but we probably have a barbecue or something like that. It's not like Christ died at a different time down there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know why I even said that. I'm not even going to laugh at what that. What a stupid thing for me to say. Um, it's why it's don't call, it's called don't, don't listen to us, because we, we say stupid shit. We really don't know well, what one of us we're talking about. More than the other. Um, oh. So is ham an East, a traditional Easter meal for yeah, Australia? I'd say that... I'd say that um, more like a maybe corned beef. Well, that, in my life, anyway, my grandmother did corned beef yeah. more than ham. Uh, I don't remember if it's tradition for us. I just know it's my favorite special meals, ham. Is it? Yeah, we didn't have the kind of ham that you think about, you know, the big, big chunk of ham. That uh-huh. was something we had very, very rarely when I was a kid. I think, I think I'd think i say we only had it on those kinds of special occasions of Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and that kind of stuff. You didn't do a turkey? Turkey yeah, at, at Christmas and Thanksgiving, but we also did a ham, too. Oh. My mom was one of those people that would make everything. Right. If it could be baked or boiled or, or roasted, she made it for Thanksgiving and, and uh, Christmas. Okay. Uh, so it was always a ham, it was always a chicken, it was always a turkey. Wow. Um, but for Easter, I remember Easter being mostly ham. But again, I don't know if it's because that's just my favorite meal. We might have had turkey. I don't think so. Because for us, we weren't a religious family. So Easter didn't mean anything except chocolate. Yeah. Easter bunnies. Us uh, too. Yeah. So uh, we're, I'm, I'm making a uh, – uh, so funny. We went to Costco over the week in the, in the big city. We live in a place called Gibson's, a little town of 6,000. Uh, and we're a ferry ride, a 40-minute 40, 40 ferry ride away from the city of Vancouver. And so every now and then we've decided we're going to go to Costco and do a big shop of those kind of things. I'd never been to a Costco before until I, I met you. What? Because well, I didn't – I ride a motorcycle. I can't buy things in bulk. Huh. Plus, I don't need things in bulk. You know, I don't need – 40 rolls of toilet paper kind of thing. You know, I don't need a 40-gallon jug of ketchup. No, I just thought when you were rooming or living with other people that you would have maybe gone to Costco. No, never did. Okay. So, well, now you experience Costco. Exactly. So we, we, we're, go, we're going to Costco. We're going to buy ham. <clears throat> and you very specifically demanded yes. a spiral cut ham. I like spiral cut ham. Because for some reason, you think spiral cut is special. I do. Spiral cut is just cut ham. That's all. You know, if you cut tomatoes in different ways, they taste different. (laughs) It's true. Oh, okay. You're one of those people. It's true. It's not. It is. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) There's no chance of that being true. Uh, Zero. None. Zip. Nada. Well, then it's the perception of the taste. Oh, well, yes. And you may have noticed that the spiral hams were much more expensive. Yes, this is why I wanted to get the regular ham. <laughs> I thought the spiral hams were special. What's the point of going to Costco to save money if you just buy expensive shit? Well, we yeah, I just wanted a spiral ham. Okay, not a problem. So I will make a spiral ham with a nice honey mustard glaze. Delicious. We're going to have roasted uh, veggies with bourbon glazed carrots. Oh, you have bourbon? Please. <laughs> okay, we're going to use whiskey. Please whiskey. Okay. And the lobster bisque, just to... Lobster bisque, yes. <clears throat> which Sean isn't making. Right? No. No, we God, just no. got that, yeah. I would never actually make a lobster bisque. Why not? I would never actually make anything with lobster. 
Because lobster is God's perfect food. It doesn't need to be made into anything. Just eat the fucking lobster. Don't put it in ravioli. Don't put it in ketchup. Don't do anything to it. Just eat the lobster. Okay, so what is a bisque? It's a, like a chowder, I guess. See, to my and I, hey, listen, everyone who whoever is listening, this is my lack of. But my understanding of a bisque is from uh, what you would get if you uh, created a stock out of whatever you had left over from your lobsters, which I know from you would not be a much, but a very very sucked out, oh yeah, eaten out shell. Yeah, exactly. That's my n- belief. I don't think it's chunks of lobster. Is it or just? There are chunks of lobster in a lobster bisque. Yes. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, there fucking better be. I'm sorry. <laughs> just realize if there's not, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> well, because to me, it's like it's the flavor. It's that 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 stock that you would get from boiling, boiling. Interestingly boiling. enough, I did not realize. It's just looking at the uh, bisque on Wikipedia. Bisque is a smooth, creamy, highly seasoned soup of French origin, yeah. classically based on a strained broth of crustaceans. It's made from lobster, langoustine, crab, shrimp, or crayfish. Right. So that's the difference between a lobster, between a bisque and a chowder. That's right. Chowders aren't made with crayfish. Chowders are um, clam chowder or corn chowder or potato chowders. That would be the difference. Yes. So probably the same consistency, similar ingredients, but different kinds of main bits. Yeah. All so right. This lobster bisque, I'm just saying, better fucking have lobster okay. in it. I don't think it's going to. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Let's do our emails. We got an email this week from our friend Dave Martin, who works down in uh, at our favorite fruit company. Hi, uh, Dave. He says, Sam, gay? He was pining for curly-haired girl throughout all the movies. Okay, so he's bi. He stuck by his friend with a passion, but I don't think he was gay. I never heard that before. I hadn't either, Dave. I, I may have been making it up, mm-hmm. but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave says, I love Star Wars, but the movie that really got me engrossed was Raiders of the Lost Ark. I saw it on opening night in a great theater with a great sound system and a very clean print. I was in that jungle, man. <laughs> wow, I ride too, so the horse sequence was killer. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I saw that one as a kid in the theaters and loved it. Loved it. It was everything that Stephen King wanted it to be. It felt like the old, I don't know if you saw them when you were a kid, those serial dramas, uh, serial, mostly westerns, I think, um, that we saw as kids. I don't even like westerns. But because they always had that cliffhanger kind of thing. Yeah. Stay tuned next week to see if Soul and Soul survives. Mm-hmm. It had really that old school kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Ford is fantastic. Oh, in meant for him. Great lines. Why did it have to be snakes? Oh, I just love him with that crooked smile and yep. that hat. Yep. Um, love those he movies. says the new Cadillacs have fins. They're small. Look at the taillights. Not all of them. I saw we got passed by a Cadillac yesterday and didn't have. Didn't I looked have fins. And fins. Okay. Uh, he says, "I miss my wing wing. Wi- I miss wing windows, and the dimmer on the floor was excellent. My '65 Mustang had both. I'm sure there was a reason why they switched the dimmer switch from the floor to the steering stock. Probably something to do with economics, most likely. See, I don't remember it. So, uh, my my 2012 Shelby's turn signals still make a click sound, and so do your Jeep. Yes, I I I thought they had completely got done away with them because." It's one more piece of gear they can take out of a vehicle that saves money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you're, you're still... My, mine are sense. audible. You're audible. Yes. Um, he makes fun of me for getting lost in my bathroom. Fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Melissa's laugh is the best. I'm so happy for you, Sean. <laughs> oh, thank you. You have a wonderful laugh. I laugh a lot now. It's from yeah. living with Sean. When you live with Sean, you laugh a lot. I laugh a lot. With you, I mean. Thank you. <laughs> I don't mean at him. I mean, I laugh with him. We laugh all the time. He says, P.S. I tried to send you a money gift for your wedding through PayPal. It was sent back. Not sure why. Well, fuck, dude. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he also sent a really interesting article from the BBC, The Surprising History of the Wolf Whistle. Oh. This is really, it's a long article, Dave. Thanks very much for sending I'm actually going to post this up on uh, the loop soon. But let's talk about the wolf whistle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. You might not have seen To Have and Have Not, a romantic thriller from 1944, which Humphrey Bogart and Norma call smolder over each other for 90 minutes, but you know its most famous scene. She looks at me like she doesn't know the most famous scene. 
I didn't see Smolder. Um, what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm sorry, I miss you. But you went too fast in your Nova Scotian uh, speed. You might not have seen The Have and Have Not, a romantic thriller from 1944 okay. in which Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall smolder <gasps> over each other for 90 minutes. Okay. But you'll know its most famous scene. It starts with a pair trading barbs until Bacall suddenly leans in and kisses Bogart. Have you seen this movie? Oh. It's a great movie. It's a really great movie. It's an even better movie when you realize it was Lauren Bacall's first movie and she was 19. Oh, my God. She was a baby. Oh. So she leans, she just leans in and kisses Bogie. Yeah. And Boogie has this confused look on his face. And he says, what would you do that for? Bogart says with a dumb smile across his face. Yeah. She said, I've been wondering whether I'd like it. Oh. She then gets up to leave. You know you don't have to act with me, Steve, she says. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. Not a thing. Oh, maybe just whistle. She opens the door but turns as if remembering something. You do know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. And as she walks away, he goes, because he's practicing the whistle. Uh-huh. It was a great scene. Very, very sexy, wonderful, wonderful scene. But that noise is considered, at least in Western society, I don't know about Asia or Africa, when directed at women, incredibly offensive, isn't it? Well, I, yeah, it happened a lot to me as a young woman. Well, it was, of course, you're yeah, hot. It was awful. It was awful. I didn't like it. What I don't understand, and I've never wolf-whistled at a woman in my life. I've never said a single word to a strange woman who's walking down the street in my life. Mm. I will look mm, of course and i will try not to leer mm-hmm. i will definitely not drool mm-hmm. yeah. but never in my life have i gone hey baby or done any of that stupid shit mm-hmm. that men do and i do not understand why men do it mm-hmm. there has not been in the history of recorded time a caveman an egyptian a roman a gaul any man make that noise at a woman and she goes well i must suck your dick right now oh Oh, yeah. It, it, guys, nothing's going to happen. No. The only thing that's going to happen when you do that is you, at the very least, offend her mm-hmm. and possibly scare her, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't know what kind of guy you are. It is frightening, depending and, where you are. And especially if you're with, if you, the guy, or with a bunch of other guys. Mm-hmm. And you're a single woman walking on the street, and these guys just start wolf whistling at you. Oh, it happens all the time. Well, it happened all the time when I was in Australia as a young woman. I would go out of my way five blocks to avoid building sites. I would know where the building sites were and go, "Uh, I'm not going to walk past there. Isn't that awful? In France right now, lawmakers are considering fining people almost 100 pounds, sorry, 90 euros, so it's more than $100, if they're caught wolf whistling. Wow. One British politician is similarly calling for a crackdown on it and catcalling. Yeah. Why do guys do it? I don't understand. I'm a guy. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. Never forget when one uh, and you know I know you didn't watch it very much, but Seinfeld was brilliant the way that it touched on so many things. And Seinfeld was talking about how when a woman's walking across a crosswalk and a guy goes honk 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 honk, and he made a joke as if uh, that the woman would turn around and say, "Is that the best you've got? Like you're going (laughs) to honk at me while I'm walking across the?" Because I've had that happen too, and it's it's like what. What are you doing? So they should also outlaw that, honking unnecessarily at a woman. And the problem is women have no defense against it. Well, it's astonishing. That's why you don't know what to do. If you flip the guy off, you don't know if you're flipping off an asshole who's going to get out of the car and beat on you. No. Or run you over Mm -hmm. or throw a construction brick at you. Mm -hmm. Guys, don't do it. Just Mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. There's no point. Mm-hmm. Uh, none whatsoever. I would rather a wave would be okay. Like, yeah. hey, nice wave. Even something as for a lot of guys who think this is innocuous isn't for women. Well, they'll say, "You look pretty today." Uh, no, don't no. yeah, no, don't no, make I don't comments like that either. No, no. In that situation, in a, in a bar, yes, mm-hmm. you can walk up to a woman in a bar and say, "I think you look really pretty tonight." Why? Why? Because that's a pickup joint. You know what I mean? At a nightclub kind of thing. That's, you're trying to open up a conversation with them. Yeah, so it's okay to do it in a nightclub? You don't th- wait, wait. You don't think it is? No. Oh, really? No. Well, how would I approach you in a nightclub? That would be appropriate. Well, first you could go, hey, you know, it's, I'm, I'm sure, the way you would with anyone. 
Really? Uh, that's, Interesting. But were you making the insinuation there that women are there to get picked up? Not all women, no. But a certain percentage of men and women go to nightclubs in order to meet other people. Sure, I'll agree with that. And that's one way of me meeting you is walking by. You, you look really nice tonight. My name is Sean. Or my name is Sean. You look really nice tonight. Okay. I'll have to think about that one. So it would be different than if you walked up to me in the supermarket and said that. Would that be worse? Is that what you're saying? Would that, that, wouldn't the supermarket be inappropriate or just odd out of context and nothing else? In, in, the, in the supermarket, what you're supposed to do, I've never done it, but what you're supposed to do is if you see an attractive woman, wait until she's at something that you want to buy and ask her for advice. <laughs> you know what? I'm getting into territory that I have no idea here what you're talking about. Well, if you were um, looking at watermelon, no, a per- perfect one is avocado. Guys, just a little hint. Perfect is avocado. Not melons. No, 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 or no. Kiwis. Don't, don't, don't do it at melons. <laughs> Dude, do not do it at melons. Not melons. Not- I mean, I, as a woman, am really paranoid about fondling the melons. Yes, yes, well, you In should the, be. I look around me to see if men right. are around. And That's then, right. yeah, yeah. No, so. You absolutely should be because we're, we're perverts and idiots. So, yeah. Okay, but, so the avocados. Because if the woman that you think is attractive yes. is um, checking out the avocados, the thing you can do is walk up to them going, excuse me, could you help me? I, n- I have no idea how to pick a ripe avocado. Do you, do you know? <laughs> What? I'm sorry, Sean. What? That wouldn't work. Um, I, that would be very sweet, sure. So, but then, isn't that, wouldn't that then allow you to... And then what to, is the man hoping then? That would, okay, so I go you can strike up a conversation. And strike then, up a conversation. And then go can, eat an avocado together. No, no, no. no. <laughs> what? But, but hopefully, it'd be something along the lines of, you know... Uh, um, I have some perfectly ripe avocados at my house. You want to come and see them? <laughs> okay, maybe I haven't thought it through. All right, that's fair. Oh, that's so cute. That's fair. But yeah, guys, just don't don't blow whistle, don't catcall. There's no. nothing's going to happen because of it. And all you're going to do is make the woman at the very least uncomfortable. So, as a man, then, which you very definitely are. Thank you very much. What is it about that? Like, what? Why do men do that? I've already asked that question, and I have no idea. Okay, so why do men then, uh, like, have thoughts about, okay, I could approach a woman while I'm looking at produce? Because we're all looking for a connection, right? Yeah. And nowadays, for a lot of people, they have, once you get out of university, it gets harder and harder to meet people. Right. You meet them at your work. Uh-huh. Or you mean them at the local pub you go to, your gym, or whatever it might be. Right. Um, at, at least in university, you had a whole classroom, several classrooms of different people, and you had the, the quad, and you had the, the, the cafeteria where you could meet different people, mm-hmm. male, male and female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once you get out of school, so this is why stay in school, kids, <laughs> um, it gets harder and harder to meet members of the opposite or same sex. And mm-hmm. so if you see an attractive woman in a supermarket mm-hmm. that you think there might be some sort of connection with, maybe that's you'd want to talk to her. Hmm. I've seen dozens of women in supermarkets who I thought were very attractive, who mm-hmm. I'd like to date, but I, I would never approach them. Never approach them. Oh, you're saying that you would, though, Me, over no, the no, avocados no, no, no. or something. I'm saying that's what you could do. Oh, I've never I done see. it. Okay. I, it blows people's minds when I say this, and no one ever believes me, but it's a God's honest truth. I say this on, on, on Easter Sunday, so I, I, I know where I speak. <laughs> what the heck? I have no idea. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound stupid. Um, okay. I have never once in my life approached a woman to speak to her in a, in a, for a romantic connection. I've never once walked up to a woman in a bar and said, hi, my name is Sean, or used any kind of pickup line, never approached anyone in a... In a, in a, a a restaurant or a supermarket or anything. The closest I've ever come, I did it once in college. I sit down and I'm on the bus and my bus seat is the crossways. And she sat down on the other bus seat that was facing the She was right in front of me, but she was um, sideways to me. So I could see her profile. She was a beautiful, gorgeous woman. And I screwed up my courage such you screwed as, up your courage? Yeah, I screwed oh. I, I messed it up. Um, I, I, I got my courage together. Not very much. This is how uncourageous I am. I took out <laughs> a piece of paper, and I wrote on the piece of paper, I think you're very, very attractive. My name is Sean. I go to Capilano College. 
can I have your, no, I didn't say can I, here's my phone number. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, no, it gets more sad. Hang on a second. Oh. So I then folded the piece of paper up a couple times, waited for my stop, Oh. pulled the dinger, got up, dropped it in her lap, and got off the bus. Oh, my God. This is how much of a coward I am. Okay. Okay? Yes. So. I'm getting it now. I get off the bus. We're sitting in the back of the bus. And so now now I'm walking towards the back of the bus. And I'm kind of looking up at the windows of the bus to see her beautiful smile and her nodding her head up yeah, and down. Yeah, like, of course. And it was going to be. It was Thumbs gonna, up. Exactly. It was going to be magical. I'll call you. <laughs> you know, the whole thing was going to be great. I looked up and she had the look of disgust on her face. Just revulsion. Oh. Just utter and complete, what the fuck is wrong with you kind of thing. Oh. That is so sweet. So that was the first and only time I ever p- tried to pick up a girl. But that, but I told you that happened to me at the passport office, didn't I? At the passport? <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing there. I'd been there for quite a while on my of course, own, yeah. and, um, waiting for my passport. And I got up and went up to the counter, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this note came flying over, <laughs> over my shoulder. I just saw, like, the fingers drop it. And I stood there for, like, a, a couple of seconds sort of – the heck and i opened it up and it was a similar thing <laughs> and and so i stood there and i've got the whole you know the crowd around me at the passport office and i'm standing there going do i turn around do yeah. i turn around do i turn around <laughs> and i left it for about 30 seconds thinking maybe he'll be gone away yeah, by then yeah. and and then i turned around and just sort of scanned yeah. the sea of heads thinking what the heck was that so you're not the only guy i just want you to know you didn't call him no. She, she didn't call me either. No, no, no. I didn't even know what he looked like. She knew what she knew who you were sort of thing. I should be, she must have got a glimpse of you. Do you think that that was a cowardly thing to do? Yes. No, really? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I turned around because I thought, what does he want me to do here? I was hoping you say you thought it was kind of sweet and romantic. but I, No, <laughs> I'm sorry, sweetheart. It's sweet. It's sweet. Yeah, but it's cowardly. A little. Yeah. It's hard, though. It, it's really hard because hopefully a lot of us, not all of us, unfortunately, a lot of us have that fear of rejection. We don't want to be rejected by the opposite sex or anyone for, for that matter. For no one. I, I don't. So for me, that's why I never did that. I would sit and wait for a woman to approach me in a bar or at school or on Match.com as <gasps> someone in this room has done. <gasps> Sean, stop. <laughs> and then I could strike up a conversation with them. But I, I couldn't initiate the conversation on my own. No one believes me when I said it because I, I no. seem to be this different guy. You but yeah, do, I'm, but... I'm, I'm a giant coward yeah. when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Well, aren't you lucky now? You don't have to bother anymore. I'm so lucky. I'm wondering so how they're going to ticket ways. guys when they go, what's the woman going to do? Is she going to get his number and call the there police? There is a – guys uh, who are listening, if you get a chance, do a search for an article. I think it's probably five, ten years old now. I'd look them up in Google uh, called Schindler's Rapist. It's a fascinating story. She, the woman who wrote it, got into a lot of got a lot of heat from it. But it's when you talk to women and guys, you should. It's utterly true. Uh, you know what Schindler's um, Schindler's cat is? No. I explained the idea of, of the dead cat. Oh in yes, the box. yes, yes. That you don't know whether the cat's alive or dead until you open the box. Yes. So the act of observing the experiment creates the result. Yes. That okay. cat is neither okay. dead or alive until you open the box. And yes. as soon as you look, the cat becomes dead or alive. Yes. Until that point, the cat is both dead, or, dead, dead and alive. Because not, it's not confirmed. It's not confirmed. Um, so the cat is both those things uh, until you confirm it. The same idea that women have, and like I said, it's called Schindler's Rapist. If a woman's walked down the street, no matter what time of day or night, but let's just assume it's evening, and there's a man walking towards her. She does not know if he's Schindler's rapist. She doesn't know if he's going to attack her. It's a very real fear women everywhere have, mm-hmm. especially in urban environment cities. It's a man walking towards them. Men don't think this way. If a guy's walking towards me, I don't, I don't think a thing about it. Mm-hmm. It makes no difference to me at all. Mm-hmm. If, a woman is, if, a, if a woman's walking towards me, don't care. But if a man's walking towards a woman, a woman has to, either consciously or subconsciously, Think about what might happen if he attacks her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has to have self-defense concepts in her mind. She's going to run. She's going to scream. She's going to use her key. Whatever those things that women have to do. Mm-hmm. 
when a woman walks, gets out of her, her office building or uh, walks out of Costco and walks into a parking garage, you've yeah. got to worry oh, yeah. about these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you walk in a stairway, up, uh, the elevators are broken. You have to walk up the stairs. Mm-hmm. You have to worry about this. Mm-hmm. And it's a constant conscious or subconscious issue women have to deal with all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So what, what, I've, what I tell guys is read Schindler's Rapist and keep this in mind when you are in situations like that with a woman. Don't do anything to scare her. Mm-hmm. For me, I've said this many times. If I'm walking down the street and there's a woman walking down towards me, I'll cross the street. I'll go to the other side of the street just so she doesn't have to be in that situation. Because until I pass by her, and even for a period even of time then, after I pass mm-hmm, by her, mm-hmm. she's got to worry. Is she going to hear those footsteps? Is she going to hear that breathing? Is she going to feel hands on her? Mm-hmm. As she's walking towards me, she has to worry, am I walking at a speed where that alleyway will be between us, will be next to us as soon as I, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Things you never think about as a guy. Nope. So guys, read Schindler's Rapist. It's a, it's a scary, fascinating uh, look into the world of the way women have to deal with us guys. Mm -hmm. Because frankly, we're fucking assholes. Mm -hmm. A large percentage of us, maybe not the majority, but certainly a large enough percentage of us are enough assholes to make many, many women fear for their safety on a regular basis. Yeah. And arm yourself. I got, when I was at UBC, I got the little pepper spray with mm-hmm. my, and yep. I had my house keys attached to it and yep. I had my pepper spray. Yep. And it's, and I always kept it in my hand. It's awful that women have to live that way. Mm-hmm. But I was do. very comforted by yeah. that pepper spray though. The she up at the campus. Speaking of walking, you know, when you're walking and the guy ahead of you is walking as well, but only about 90% as fast as you. Yes. So you must pass him, but to pass him, you have to walk comically faster than your normal speed or else you'll be in his personal space too long as you pass by. Have you ever had that happen? I hate yes, that. Yes. I hate that. <laughs> Same with driving. Or someone speeds up as you're walking past yeah. him. Like, Why are you speeding? Because yeah. <laughs> now we look posture. like we're fucking dating. Come on, slow down. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> this is something I've talked about many times in the past that, that I believe, and, and, and no one, no female will admit this to me, but I believe, and I don't expect you to admit it because you're part of the female sisterhood and you guys have your secrets. I believe women make up colors. That women make up colors to conf- specifically to confuse men, <laughs> to test us. Hmm. Because men recognize eight colors and eight colors only. What are they? Those are the eight colors that came in our original Crayola box. Okay. When you got that box when you were four <laughs> yeah. as a guy, That's... it imprinted on your brain these eight colors and only these eight colors. Okay? Yeah. Women have gotten together and decided, let's <laughs> call these other colors different names. <laughs> Because it'll confuse the shit out of men. I've had women say to me, could you go in the closet and get my teal blazer? What the fuck color is teal? (laughs) (laughs) And so you go in and you, uh, maybe it's purple. And you've got the purple one and you're bringing it. No, that's chartreuse. (laughs) Chartreuse? (laughs) The fuck? You don't understand me at all, do you? You don't even know me. Oh, stop it. Oh my gosh. That's silly. Look at my taupe bra. The taupe? You mean brown? Yeah, you're talking about um, paint, aren't you? You're really getting to the paint issue. Oh, you and paint. You, you know? You, you as in women. And I mean, paint. have you been to the paint store and seen all the colors? Yes. Oh. And a woman invented those colors. <laughs> you don't know that. We have 18 different kinds of white in this house. Uh, what? No, we don't. We have antique white. Oh. Which is just dim white. Bavarian cream. Bavarian fucking cream white. What the hell is that? It's light white. <laughs> that's it. Antique white. Bavarian cream. That's all I've got. That's all I got going on. But there are, there's like 12. There's more than that many shades of white. I know. There's more than that many shades of everything. There's shades of white with a touch of blue. Shades of white with a touch of green. Shades of white with a touch of yellow. I know. Just Actually, I don't really it's like so it. so I know. Women are so much more complicated, aren't they? We really are. I know. And the thing is... Women don't accept that they're that complicated, and they don't seem to realize that men are simple and shallow as paramecium. I am still, I'm still trying You to... want us to be as complicated as you are, but we're nowhere near as complicated as you, you are. You really aren't, are you? Really, really simple creatures we are. So when you tell me you're shallow, you really are, I really you? mean it. <laughs> I know. So there's red, purple, pink, orange, yellow, green, blue. Okay. We recognize those colors. 
Okay. So there's light blue and there's dark blue. But unlike women, you guys want to call a darkish blue sky. Sky. Okay. Or a light blue spinthrift. Oh, dear. That's very... Okay, that's new to me. Or red. Red? You call it maraschino. (laughs) It's fucking red. (laughs) It's just red. to the cherry. Jesus. Or or purple. There's a difference. For women, there's a difference between grape purple and eggplant purple. (laughs) There is. I know. There so is. For guys, we don't fucking care. (laughs) It's fucking purple. That's why I'm not going to ask your advice on the paint colors oh God, no, never, anymore. Never. Even though you no. had a good name for the paint that I, we have in our, in our bedroom, you named it yourself. You didn't say it was green. You said it was something else. Bile. Bile. Disgusting. So there, you. <clears throat> oh my God. I don't see a bile green on there. This, this little list has, for green, it's got honeydew, lime, spring, <laughs> clover, fern, moss, flora. Fuck off. <laughs> They're all just different shades of green. Light green, dark green. That's it. We will we'll, we'll grant you green, light green, dark green. That's it. Okay. Everything else, you're just making shit up to confuse us. Okay. We hate it. <clears throat> we absolutely fucking hate it. Really? We do. We don't care about lavender. Don't ask guys' opinions about color. We don't care. All right. So what it is you're saying is you'd rather the bile green be painted over, but you don't care what color. I don't care what color. Don't ask me advice for should 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 it be sea foam? I don't fucking care. All righty. There was a um, actually in the, the Home Depot in Nashville where I live. There's a sign up over the paint department that said, "We will not sell paint to unaccompanied males <laughs> without a notice from their wife." <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. And I thought it was funny until it turned out it was true. It's true because men kept buying paint and having to return it. Yeah. Because the women would go, "That's not sea foam." <laughs> That's lying. He's like, oh, fuck me. You know? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. You, you being from Australia, me being from Canada, both of us have traveled quite a bit. Um, traveled around, not around the world. Well, I have, but you have Different haven't. places. But traveled in, in significant different places. Uh-huh. Did you know there's all kinds of traditions and customs and things that we do as Westerners that other cultures find offensive? Like what? Just say yes. Okay, okay, yes. Because uh, <laughs> it makes the segment go much faster if you, if, if yes. you disagree with me. These are the kind of things that when you travel, you should know ahead of time. And I've always believed that they should be in the seat back pocket of the plane. Rather than that dumb safety card that no one's ever going to fucking read. Mm-hmm. If you're going to Japan, give me Japanese customs and things I should know okay. about. Uh-huh. So, for example, tipping in Japan and South Korea and... Australia. But in Japan and South Korea, tipping is an insult. It's oh. not just not done. It's insulting if you do it. Oh. Workers feel they are paid to do their job and take pride in doing it well. They don't need an additive incentive. Oh. I remember when I was in um, Tokyo and the um, I got in a cab to go to uh, the convention location. And cab gets cab gets there and I see the number on the meter. And I give the guy, I think, let's say it was 40,000 yen, which scares the fuck out of you. <laughs> when 40, you $40,000? Oh, my God. Oh, wait, I've got $200,000 in my pocket. I'm good. I'm fine. So I gave him 50,000 yen, uh-huh. thinking I'm tipping him. Yeah. This is what you would do. Yeah. It's a 20% tip. I'm a good tipper. You, not so much. I'm Australian. And so the guy makes the change and puts it down in the little the little tray, and I'm, I'm like, no, it's for you. And he it was very, very... Oh, did he get gruff oh, about Very it? gruff. Gruff is a good word. Huh. That's for... Ooh. Took it away and he smiled at me and nodded his head. Huh. Interesting. Sitting in the back of the cab. Tell me if this is true. In Australia, New Zealand, parts of Ireland, Scotland, and Netherlands, it's considered rude not to ride shotgun. It's a matter of egalitarianism. Yes. Really? I, I was... Uh, being here, I now, I now naturally get into the back... But no, in Australia, you get in the front and you chitty chat. Really? Absolutely. I did not know that. Absolutely. Because yeah. here in North America, unless the back is full, you get three, you're four of you. Yeah. And there's three friends in the back and you're in, in the front riding yeah. shotgun. You never get in the front seat of Oh, of yeah, no, no. You, I always have gotten in the front all my life. Till now, I, do, I get in the back Most now. of the time, too, cab drivers won't let you get in the front because it's a safety issue. They're, especially in the days when cab drivers carry a lot of cash. Mm. Few, fewer and fewer cab drivers carry 
significant amounts of cash mm, now. Mm. They didn't want you in the front seat. Mm. Um, and because part of it is because they want that separation, that mm-hmm. physical separation, but also that mental separation. You, I'm the driver, you're the passenger. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I don't ever want to chitty chat with the cab driver. Mm-hmm. Don't don't say a word to me. Just go where you, I tell you to go. Oh, that's be, very superior of you. It really is. But yes. it's just because I don't like talking to people in general. No, you actually don't. Cab drivers or anyone else. Yeah. I'm just, I, if I he don't, really doesn't, people. I don't. If I don't know you, I don't want to talk to you. No, I I've just, That's my general rule. No. And, and chatty cab drivers just drive me nuts. Just drive, just no, don't. The great thing about nowadays with the iPhone, I get into a cab and I'll have, I'll be, I'll, I'll be staring at my iPhone. It'll be a blank screen. <laughs> oh, it's, well, but I'll no, definitely, it's never a blank or, screen. And I've done this. I've faked phone calls. <laughs> I know you've done that. I've done, you actually I've, confessed that to yes, me that I've, you've done that. I will fake a phone call in the back of a cab. Oh, that's really it. Oh, sorry. Getting, getting, and I'll, I'll drive with the phone attached side of my head for whatever period of time. I hate talking to cab drivers. Not that I think I'm better than them. I just don't like talking to people. No. Laughing with your mouth open. In Japan, laughter that exposes your pearly whites is considered horse-like and impolite, which is why we see so many Japanese, yeah. especially women, Yeah, they laugh. put their mouth, right. uh, hand over hand their over mouth. mouth. <laughs> being fashionably late. Being a few minutes late is unacceptable in many countries, like Germany, where leaving people waiting is taking as you thinking your time is more valuable than anyone else's. I can see that in I Germany. can definitely see that everywhere. I'm surprised people put up with it here in North America. Yeah, the late lateness. I hate people who are late. Mm. Hate lateness. I get everywhere I want to go a half hour early. Mm. That's because I'm, you know, directionally impaired. I, but you always I, give yourself lots of yeah, time. Yeah, give yourself lots of time. I hate Having lateness. a hand in your pocket. Uh, this is considered oh. arrogant in Turkey as well as some Asian countries like South Korea. Interesting. Thumbs up. In the Middle East, Latin America, Western Africa, Russia, and Greece, the thumbs up has the same meaning as the middle finger. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they would think you're flipping them off if you gave them a thumbs up. Oh, that's a good one to know. Using your left hand for anything. Not all cultures use toilet paper and tend mm. to use their left hand in lieu of it. Doing anything with your left hand in much of Africa, India, Sri Lanka, and the Middle East is like a slap in the face. I was face. very aware of that in India. I don't know why I knew it, but I knew it. Opening a present immediately. In most Asian countries, notably China and India, tearing into a gift in front of the gift giver is poor form. It looks greedy. Oh. This is very common. This one. In most of the world except North America. Um, Common in the U.S., most countries, notably Japan and most of Europe, consider wearing sweatpants, flip-flops, wrinkly clothes, or baseball caps in public as sloppy appearance and disrespectful. I agree. I agree. Absolutely agree. I agree. Unless you're actually... In the gym, don't wear sweatpants. Yeah. Yoga pants, if you have a nice ass, please wear them. Matter of fact, I think it should be mandatory. I think anybody could wear, should wear yoga pants no, if they want to. No, no. There are some people we know who we're talking about <laughs> should not wear yoga I saw a guy wearing yoga pants one time. Oh, well, I could no. tell whether he was circumcised or not. Oh, I was just like, dude. Oh, no. Dude. Okay. Are you kidding me? Okay. Yeah. And I just hate flip-flops in general. I hate the sound they make. I know. Oh, and you want to move to Australia. Wow. Yeah. That's how much I love you. <laughs> showing the soles of your feet. I've in, heard of this In one. Arab, Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist mm-hmm. countries, showing the soles of your feet is a sign of disrespect, mm-hmm. as they're considered the lowest and dirtiest part of the body because they touch the ground. Yes. Yes. You know, a lot of these customs, we think that that's just silly. But when you understand, you go, oh, well, that makes sense. Absolutely. I understand that. Drinking someone else's alcohol. That's a fucking killing offense in Canada. <laughs> it's rude to drink alcohol you didn't personally bring to a party. Yes, I would kill you here in North America if you did that. In Norway, whereas in the U.S., bringing a six-pack of beer to a barbecue allows you access to anything else at the event. True. So uh, I'm sorry. So that's saying that if you take the alcohol to the event, you eat, you drink your own alcohol, and that's what you drink. That's what it is in North America. You you don't. Oh. Unless you specifically say it's a share beer. Yeah, you go in and you drop off your wine, and then you go and you would have a beer. The thing is, though, and this is where it becomes a problem. This happened to me on a regular basis in college, especially because in college you tend to just drink whatever cheap beer you can find. So right. the, the 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 fridge and the cooler are full of. Budweiser and Miller and Coors shit that I'm never mm-hmm. going to drink. I always bought Tuborg. If I'm going to drink, oh. I'm going to drink good beer. Oh, right? yeah. I would I would buy good beer. Right. I'd put it in the fridge. I'd take one of my beer. I'd go sit down. Hey, hi to your friends. Drink the beer. Come back. Find out there's three beer gone. Yeah, well, yeah. Then I'd walk around the room. Oh. 
Ooh. You're drinking Tuborg. Yeah, this is really good. Hey, it's fucking mine. <laughs> Don't drink my Tuborg. You should have hidden it. No, then I would carry it around. I became known as the guy who carried around his own six pack. So you would go to parties and carry your beer around. Oh my god! Okay, so if you got up and went over or whatever, you take your beer with you. Oh my god! The the whole ring, the whole whole six pack ring. Okay, and you never lost your beer. No. Interesting, because you lose everything else. <laughs> Eating anywhere that does not serve food in Rwanda and Japan, which is kind of a weird combination, yes. consider rude to eat anywhere that isn't a restaurant, bar, or hotel. This includes eating on a bus or walking or while walking outside. Huh. We're in North America, that's very common. Oh, people eat anywhere. That's why we have street food. Right. That's why you have street street vendors. Street right. Food trucks. Yes, 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 yes. Grab a hot dog, you have a taco or whatever, and you just walk on the street. And... Yeah. I don't like walking and eating. Neither do I. No. no I yeah. don't. One of the great activities in simple, cheap, um, a little creepy activity we used to do in, in Nova Scotia is outside the uh, the library. You've seen pictures of the new library, but this was the old library. Okay. There was a great stone wall, and there's always one guy, fishing uh, fishing chips truck, who he owned that spot. No one else was. I never I never saw anyone else in this spot. Mm-hmm. This guy fishing chips, traditional British fishing chips. Um, it was a newspaper. It wasn't in that fake paper. Mm. It was an actual newspaper. Oh, so you get it. lead poisoning from the ink. It was oh, great. Yeah. You order your fish or you order your fish and chips, and they were delicious. They were perfectly done. You'd sit in the stone wall, and because there was, I think, two or three secretarial colleges around, hot girls walked by all day long. Oh, and pencil it was skirts. Great. And pencil you would skirts. have loved that. Oh, I was in heaven. In heaven. So every, during lunch hour, that's where you sat. You sat in the wall. You, you grabbed your fish and chips. You sat in the wall and watched pretty girls walk by. That's a nice memory. Never wolf whistled at them. Okay. Wouldn't let my friends. You. Wouldn't let my friends wolf whistle, whistle at them you. either. Asking what do you do is considered insulting, especially in countries with social welfare systems like the Netherlands, where people feel that's a way of pigeonholing them and of being classist. Hmm. Hmm. I ask that all the time. Yes, yeah, so do I. It's a common question of mine. I'm very well, aware of that. I try not to now. Well, I, I don't think of it as pigeonholing someone. I'm just curious what they do for a living. I don't want people to think when I ask that that I'm defining them. Yes, exactly. Which, yeah. And so now I don't ask it so quickly as what I used to. It was really interesting when I moved to uh, Nashville, the South in general, that that question came up in, in every, say, upper middle class social situation. That I went to an event or uh, uh, someone's house, there was two questions they always asked you. Yeah. What church you go to? And what school did you go to? Really? Because that's definitely was them being classist and yeah, defining Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Because what church I went to told them what my religious beliefs were. Yeah. And what school I went to told them what class I was in. If I went to a state school as opposed to a private school, or if you went to uh, Vanderbilt University, which is considered the uh, – Vanderbilt is called the, um, uh, the Harvard of the South. Ah. Um, versus University of Tennessee, which is considered more of a, a, a middle-class kind of school. So it, they, they would instantly define you based on that. And for me, I would just fuck them up going, yeah, I don't go to church and didn't go to school down here. I, UBC. Uh, uh, I, I confuse them. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely a, See, a I find there. that offensive. I don't want someone asking me what church I go to and what school I went to. No, thanks. It was always amazing to me people ask that and how important it was to them because I, I would tell people – I don't know what church my mom went to. I have no clue the religious affiliation of anybody. When I think about it, I don't know what religious, except for my Jewish friends, because it was obvious that they were Jewish because they had a long nose. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Except for those easily identifiable religious groups. I had no idea whether any of my friends were Baptist or Catholic. Oh, I could care less. Makes no difference. To me... I would be interested in them, their religious affiliations, if they were going to explain something to me. That's what I would all, I, would, I like to ask about that. Yeah, exactly. If, if it comes up yeah. and go, oh, okay. Like, you know, what's the difference between Episcopalian and Lutheran? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm fascinated by Jewish traditions. Yes. Um, and the holidays and the reasons for them and those kind of things. But mm. that's mostly because those are really interesting stories. It's very interesting. It's got nothing to do with the religious aspect of it. 
To me, yeah. it's the story aspect of it. Yeah. And the other aspect of Jewish culture I absolutely love, and anyone who knows me would understand this, is this idea they have, and I don't completely comprehend it, this idea they have of arguing religious law, that the their laws uh, for these things have come about because of rabbis over many, many years arguing and discussing it and saying, these are the rules, no, these are the rules, how their religion is kind of malleable in that sense. Whereas mm. the Catholics, here's the rule, here's mm. the Pope. Mm -hmm. The Pope says this is it, and there's no discussion, and this is the way it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, Jews will discuss this and, and have rabbis uh, um, weigh on it in different ways. Well, certainly a healthier approach to it all, Perhaps, in my mind. Yeah. In I my mean, mind. For example, defining what's kosher. Right. Nowadays, um, we have all kinds of new foods, and rabbis have to decide whether that food is kosher. Mm. And they would discuss among themselves and among the congregation of the people what is kosher, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Kind of a mm -hmm. neat oral tradition. Um, but it also makes it a living religion, too. Yes. It's not set in stone. Yes. A healthy debate is good. I love the way I'm going to say this wrong, so for any of my Jewish friends, I'm not insulting anybody. The way... The Jewish religion allows you to get around things. Yeah. To get around rules. There, a lot of people don't realize this, but there is a wire that goes around Manhattan. And this is true of a lot of cities with large Jewish populations. That wire is 40, 50 feet in the air and it encircles entire neighborhoods in Manhattan. Right. It's because the Jewish Sabbath, you're not allowed to do certain things on the Jewish Sabbath. Yes. Mostly to do with work. Yes, um, you and can't, turning on and off power exactly, and exactly. things like that. Making, yeah, yeah. making things work. Make, and, yep. and, mm -hmm. and that's come about, too, from a, a discussion over time. Because that wasn't the rule in Jesus' time, because there was no power. Oh, no. It had, they had to debate it as it approached when power exactly. came into right. being. Exactly. Right. So I, th I find that fascinating, too. Mm. So there are certain things you can do in your house that you can't do outside your house. Mm -hmm. So this wire around these neighborhoods encloses your house. So your whole neighborhood becomes your house. So the things you oh, can do. Oh, so they've made it the, it workable within a neighborhood exactly. as opposed to just a house. That's right. So they've expanded the definition of what your house is to include the area inside this wire. Interesting. And there's a rabbi that every week goes around the entire length of the wire to make sure it's still up because if yeah. if, if, if the wire breaks, you can't do those things that you're allowed to do. How I'll dig. I'll have to dig the story up. It's really, really interesting. Huh. Really cool stuff. I was a, um, a Jewish family that I spent time with. They used to get around that by turning their power on and everything before the Shabbat, like that yes, morning. They right. just leave it on. That's right. And that way, they weren't in darkness all night. Yeah. They could. They might leave their television because they wouldn't turn it off. That's right. Yeah, and then when it was over, they could just go around and turn everything I've, off. I've, I've got a friend leave. in New York City who. His job is to manage and, and to a certain degree create technology that allows Jewish people specifically to work around these restrictions. Yes. Like there's one, one building he worked on that the elevator has a timer on it. So at sundown on Friday, which is when the Jewish Sabbath begins. Yes. Until sundown on Saturday. Yep. The elevator automatically stops every floor. Oh my God. So you don't have to push a button. Right. You just get into the elevator and then it goes, and it's, you're in a five story building. You have to stop every floor and you get off on the floor. That, so that it was accommodation, accommodating for it. I found it beautiful. I found it a beautiful, peaceful time to go over there because I used to go over there and join them yeah. and do, do have their dinner and uh, so forth. And I, I appreciated and loved the peace that because there was no choice. It had to be yeah. this low, Sort of peaceful evening where you didn't do anything, yeah. and uh, you, that was what they did. Yeah. And it was a time to honor and remember and do their ceremony, and it was very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Polishing off your meal. To Americans, finishing a meal shows the host how much they enjoyed it. In China, the Philippines, Thailand, and Russia, it signifies that you're still hungry, and they <laughs> failed to provide you with enough food. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> so you have to leave a little bit on your plate. Isn't that funny how we, we develop these <clears throat> these ideas around these things? Yeah. That's anti-instinctual to me. I'd want to finish and go, wow, thank you so yeah. much. And oh, yeah, exactly. put my cutlery in the middle of a plate. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Let's do our, again, this is a Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. And I'm Melissa King. Um, 
and we actually mean it. Uh, we're, we're, we we will offer advice and commentary and opinion, but don't listen to us. We, we don't know what the fuck we're talking <laughs> we about. We really don't. Um, <laughs> this is a very funny uh, – one of the things I love doing for those folks who may be new to the show – Oh, by the way, if you are new to the show, I, I, I'm, we're new to it too. I keep forgetting. <laughs> you can email us, as our friend Dave Martin did and our friend uh, Lauren Ficklestein did last week, to dltu at yml.me. That's our email address. Um, if you'd like, you can leave a review. We're on the iTunes store, so be happy if you left. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> leave us a review. <laughs> What? Oh, it's just, I'm just getting used to it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm new to this. Well, the review thing in the iTunes store is so that other people who might come across it go, what's this all about? And if there's a nice review, or even a bad review, yeah. the person oh, that sounds interesting. Yes, oh, no, I love the idea of So reviews. subscribe in the iTunes store, uh, listen to us on the iTunes store, or Anchor FM, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, just do a search for Don't Listen to Us. Tell your friends if you like it. If you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> um... <laughs> One he, of really, these, he means it. He I really does. Really do. He really, really does. Do. Uh, yeah, don't don't send me emails. On. You two sound terrible. Just just don't listen. Just fuck off. Don't. But if we do get insulting ones, you can let me know. I really mean it. I I'm have dying. Never, I'm waiting for the insulting one. From, you actually from want? Isn't it weird that we, we this happens to us? <laughs> we we've gotten probably a dozen emails since Melissa has been on both Your Mac Life and on the Don't Listen to Us podcast. Everyone says the same thing. You're a delight. That you are wonderful, you're funny, you have a great voice, you have a great laugh, all those things. You keep asking for the negative. I ones. didn't. I keep asking. I've asked once before. I've said, "Okay, come on, tell me, tell me the ones that are coming in that are negative." Come on, Sean. Come on, tell me, Sean. I know from experience <laughs> that you can get a hundred compliments, but you get one negative one, and it will destroy you. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I speak from experience. It's absolutely true. We are so. Strains that way. It's not, not just for. I'm not saying for you or for women or it's everyone feels mm. that that way. That you can put up a YouTube video and you'll get a hundred comments. Great video, great video. That one comment that's negative will just question your life. It's very, very interesting. So I'm um, you. You don't consider it I, if it's put in a constructive sure, criticism yeah, way. It yeah. would be, be would be good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if someone's an asshole, just ignore them. Okay. But if it's someone who says, "Hey, the sound's off," or well, that's cool. That's all right. Yeah, that's that's fine. All right. So anyway, one of the things we're going to do on this uh, is uh, do uh, uh, an, an advice column. But again, you're getting advice from people who say, "Don't listen to us." So keep that in mind. <laughs> if you want advice, we're happy to give it, but huh? it's not going to be worth a dime. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Seriously, you think we can offer any kind of constructive I advice to people? I think we can. Really? And we're saying, I don't listen to us, but this is what we. This is our advice. Uh, this is from uh, Ellen Van Stone. Hi, Ellen. I have a friend of over 30 years who recently invited me to a party. I took two bottles of wine and the gift of a traditional sweet my son made for the first time. She kept the wine but returned the sweet. Hmm. I felt hurt and thought it was rude of her. She could have just thrown it out or she didn't want it. What's the proper etiquette in a situation like this, Melissa? Well, first of all, I'd like to know uh, if the lady has allergies. Perhaps she's, I'm allergic to sugar or something like that. I would wonder. Doesn't sound like that because they, the original poster probably would have said something along the line. She said, no, I, I have a nut allergy, whatever it is. And even if you do... We just keep it. Exactly. Just get, yeah. Just throw it in the garbage. You don't yeah. return the actual sweet. Right. You don't return the object. Give it back in any way. You mail it or hand it back or whatever. Right. That's just rude. It is rude. It is. Um, where's the other one I had? I had another. Some people are rude. Just rude. But you don't want to jump to the conclusion that she's deliberately being rude. Some people can be deliberately rude. I'm deliberately rude. Um, I broke up with my boyfriend of 10 months because I felt my feelings for him were not strong enough. Okay, that's fair. All right. I was really judgmental of him. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is going to get a, take a turn for the worse. I thought he bowled weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he ate with his mouth open. He talked too much at times and his jokes were not funny. I began to focus on these small things, even though for the most part he has the qualities I want in a man. He knows how to have fun, likes to try new things, is open-minded, and incredibly intelligent. I could be completely myself with him, and he was totally accepting of me. Hmm. His sense of humor was also improving. We talked about my doubts, and he really wanted to work through them. Hmm. 
but I could not see a future if I felt the doubts every single day. I don't know if I have a fear of relationships or it was something else. I think about him a lot and wonder if I did the right thing. Hmm, yeah. Did she? No. I, I think she did the wrong thing. Really? I do. See, I think the exact opposite. Why do you think she did the right thing? Because she had a thing? guy that was that obviously she could set, be open and honest with and say da 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 da. And that he was willing to work on the changes that, that they were discussing, which I think is, is pretty rare in, in a guy or, or a girl. Hey, I'm willing to work on them. You, if, and if you can be yourself around someone, that is huge, mm-hmm. speaking from my perspective. I think the problem is <clears throat> your statement presupposes that she can't find somebody else who will also be incredibly accepting of her. And not bowl weird. And not eat with his mouth open. Bowling weird? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Would I don't be a reason to go it. Eh. I don't know what that means. But I think the thing is, one of the problems I think we have in society, in our culture, is we are willing to settle. We don't wait for that person who's the best person for us. We jump from relationship to relationship. I, I described it to a friend um, who had this issue that she kept, she was a frog jumping from lily pad to lily pad, mm-hmm. from man to man, from relationship to relationship. Mm-hmm. And when the when lily pad got uncomfortable, she jumped to a different lily pad. But that's a pattern. But she didn't realize something. What? She can swim. She doesn't have to jump to the lily pad. No. She can jump in the water and be by herself for whatever period of time she needed to. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the key, was that she thought she needed to be in a relationship and couldn't be alone. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be by herself. Mm-hmm. And so she kept jumping to bad relationships, bad lily pads, without mm-hmm. realizing she could jump in the water and just float freely. Mm-hmm. Or her own lily pad. I think the issue, he, one of the problems here is we don't know how old this woman is. It gets harder as you get older. Well, okay, yeah, that's a key thing that we don't know. But also, you have to remember these days, I mean, there was a time in, in, in life where you didn't have the option of jumping from lily pad to lily True. pad. You didn't have dating sites. You didn't have all these ways that people can swipe their finger on their phone and look for some person yep. that's in the vicinity. It's very easy to jump from lily pad to lily pad and try it out. And you can also become addicted to the honeymoon period, mm-hmm. too. Oh, Absolutely. I I've had friends in my life like that. Yeah. It's like, well, it doesn't always stay like that, you know. Well, we'll I'll just go on to the next one. Yeah, that's right. So, there's that way of looking at it too. If you have a good guy and there's a few things that annoy you, and he's willing to go, hey, I'm willing to work through that, and and if you can be honest enough to be able to say it, then that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I think the problem is that <clears throat> she says that she's judgmental of him in these ways every single day. If it was once a week or just when you got into an argument, you get pissed off at him. But if she's bugged about this stuff every single day, that's a lot of things for this guy to fix. A lot of things for him to work through. And why can't, if if her argument is that one of the reasons why she likes the guy, because he's accepting of her, why can't she be accepting of him? Well, Who maybe. cares if he fucking bowls weird? Yeah, I mean, you don't bowl every day. How often do you bowl? <laughs> e- eating with your mouth open? Yeah, I get well, that. Well, eating with your mouth open, I get that. But other issues, if he's accepting of you, you have to be accepting of him. Well, then maybe he's not the guy for her. That's then. what I'm saying. I mean, what? Okay, so what about? I mean, what about what you were told once that you took too long to get ready to get on your bike? Which was insane. <laughs> Yeah, it was insane. But there was a whole different reason for that. That was because that person was looking for a reason to break up with me, not because that actually annoyed her. How do you know? Because she told me. Well, maybe that's what this lady's doing. Yes. Dear Prudence, I'm a struggling college student up to my ears and loans. I'm estranged and am estranged from my family. I'm gay and an atheist. They're deeply Catholic. I have room with Natalie since freshman year. Natalie has many mental issues. She is school brilliant, but socially not so much. I spent a lot of my first two years with her, pulling her out of the dorm and into socializing. She is a private therapist and is doing much better, but she still relies on me for a lot. She will not go out if I am not there, and has refused invitations to events if I am not invited. I was thinking of dropping out of school to work when Natalie's parents approached me. They told me I was the best thing to happen to their daughter and they were willing to fund my education if I stayed and continued to be her friend. They also don't want Natalie to know 
I am very, very tempted to take the money. Natalie comes from serious old world money, like yearly vacations to the family home in the Alps kind of money. I also know it will kill Natalie to think her parents bought a friend for her. What should I do? Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay, we can look at it from the perspective of it's a wonderful thing for Natalie to have this person in her life that, that allows her to open her world up with comfort. I don't know if Natalie's got some sort of a diagnosis or something. So that in and of itself is wonderful. And I think she needs to look at it from the perspective of all these good things that she does for Natalie. Okay. But... But the dishonesty of getting paid... But she has done it for all these years without getting paid. Yes. Because she's a roommate. And she she, likes this person. And and she's a good person. It sounds like she's a good person. The problem is Natalie is using this person as a crutch. She is, yes. And the crutch has to leave at some point. Now, what at some point, whether the whether the parents pay or not, she's going to leave Natalie. Yes. And the longer she stays with Natalie, the harder that's going to be. Because she will have developed more of a bond with Natalie over time. When does this end? Does it well, end when you leave college? Well, I was going to say, does it end just when her education is paid for? And will then the, they will, usually will, go on de- in separate ways. In two years, will, will, will the parents say, we'll, we'll pay you um, a good wage, $100,000 a year, just be friends with Natalie? Oh, well, it's hard to tell. You don't know what the future holds. If the fa- parents are willing to do this for their daughter, and they've got that kind of money, and you can assume they do, why wouldn't they say when this friend graduates – Hey, we'll we'll pay you to hang out with Natalie. You can still have your regular social life. You can still do whatever you want. We'll just, we're just going to make you independently wealthy and pay you 100000 bucks a year and just hang out with Natalie. Mm-hmm. Go to lunch with her once every couple of days. Go to bars with her, whatever. Well, I mean, I work with young people that have friends that hang out with them because they get paid yes. to hang out with them and care for them. You met my friend the other day. Mm-hmm. Then people but that's love different. That's her. An but, well, obvious. It it is. But we. I, I guess what I'm saying is, I need to know a bit more about Natalie. Why is she so socially inept but so brilliant? I mean, she. Oh, could, she that's she, common. I mean, that's, well, she could also be. She could also have autism or yeah, something sure. like that. But that, I mean, I don't think that matters to the to the story. Well, I think the bottom line is this person um, has to do this. Because education is more important. If she's going to drop out of school because she doesn't have the money to, to, to pay it. So keep going keep and get going. paid. Let's, she says that I um, uh, spent a lot of my first two years with her. So she's a junior. So she has two more years oh, of so, college to go. All right. And this family is going to pay for those two years of college. To better her life. To yeah. better her life, yeah. So it's bettering Natalie's life. It's exactly. bettering her life. And if, it, if if they suggested that it continue after, then you'd have to really talk with that family and have some sort of a contract or something. The biggest up. issue – no, you'd have to have a contract beforehand. You would have to. I would, I just I, personally, I would tell the family, drop that money in my bank account now. You're not going to pay me month to month. Yeah, you're yeah, not gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have that money ahead of time. You're, yeah. you're rich. You can yeah. afford it. Yeah. You're going to put 50000 You can put it in a trust if you want. Yeah. That I can only access through school funds, whatever, whatever I would be careful in yeah. that way. Yeah, you would definitely want to get a, a written contract. Okay. The biggest stumbling block of this is she says, I will know it will kill Natalie. I think her parents bought a friend for her. You don't – I think that's the framing of it wrong. Even if Natalie finds out, you say to her, Natalie, I was your friend before yeah. your mom and did this. Yeah. Your mom and dad did this. Yeah. Matter of fact, if your mom and dad didn't do this, I wouldn't be your friend. I'd have to have move, to drop have out, to drop out, and go back to back to my parents' house and go yeah. live in Denver or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So your parents helping me—they're not paying me; mm-hmm. they're paying for my education. That's how you explain it to to Natalie. She's still going to be upset. There's no doubt about and it. And then that's Natalie's choice. Yeah, but yeah, you don't you don't frame it as they're 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 buying a friend for you. And I was your friend for two years before, before. that. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Before that. Interesting dilemma. It is. I love these. Kind I of- find that's a blue blood. <laughs> That I can take care of that somebody's going to pay me. My God, I'd love that. Huh. Would you do that? Yep. I'd have done it in a heartbeat. I'd do it, no problem. Yeah, there wouldn't be any question at all. No, I'd do it. I'd do a good job. Yeah. I'd be great at it. I'd connect with the family and yeah. say how it's going. It's for all me, good. For me, it would have been, you're going to pay me to do the thing I'm already doing? And yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Problem. No problem. 
Because nowhere in this article does the uh, original writer say that Natalie is any way unpleasant. No. She seems like Natalie's a nice person. She's just socially inept. Yeah. And she needs training wheels. She needs a friend. That's okay. Yeah. She doesn't say that Natalie's clingy or no. annoying. There's no negative parts of Natalie That's in right. this letter. Her family's worried about her, yeah. understandably. I would have no problem doing Oh, in this. a heartbeat, I'd do it. I'd do my best to get Natalie laid so fast. Yeah, maybe that's oh, what Natalie needs. <laughs> that's why I love her, guys. Because <laughs> she'll say so. Yeah. She needs to get laid. Yeah. yeah. I have some beautiful young women in my life. It's like they need to go get laid. That's get uh, that's it for us. Uh, hope you all have a, a great Easter. As always, uh, please subscribe to us on the iTunes store or um, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. And I'm going to suggest something here. What? I'm going to suggest that. No, I'll save it for. I'll save it for. Oh my gosh, page. are you kidding? Yeah, I'll save uh, it. I know. I'll save uh, it. For, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta noodle. Through, I got to noodle through the idea first. Let me. Let me You're noodling yeah, through noodling, the idea. Noodling. Okay, Mr. King. Subscribe to us on the iTunes store. Send us emails to DLTU. Hope you all have a great Easter. Merry, happy Easter. And a great week. As always, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And you've been listening to Don't Listen to Us. See ya. Bye.